Hey, good morning, Nashville. This is the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC, where we talk all things real estate. I'm your host, Michael Thayer, with Waterstone Mortgage. I'm MLS license, and my license number is 173264. Joining me in studio today, I had too much uh, rock star energy this morning. I'm all ready to go. Is the David Lukey show because he is his own side show that we love from Capitol Homes, man. The GQ <laughs> I'm man. Sure, I'm not sure that was a compliment. That I is a know. compliment, dude. Oh, I dude, don't know. you bring the show to the show. Oh, okay, thank you very much. You're very kind. <laughs> I like the sweater. I you do. Like the sweater today? I do. I do. Yeah. He's trying to catch up with you a little bit, though. He's a little bit behind. And He's got a long way to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't shave this morning. I didn't feel like it. I didn't I don't shave blame yesterday you, man. either. I took the day and relaxed. Why not? It's early it's Saturday, Saturday morning. morning. I was not getting up and shaving. I don't blame you, dude. It's all good. Yeah. We have Mr. Ben Rose from the Ben Rose Law Firm. Actually, is, is it the Ben Rose? Yeah, Ben Rose Law Firm. You can find him at bmrfirm.com, and he has been on the show before, and you need to go check out the videos because he has an outstanding beard, man. If, you, if anybody <laughs> likes the beards, he looks like the old Boston guys playing uh, two years ago with the beards, and everybody was like, don't shave the beard, don't do anything with the beard, fear the beard. He's got the beard going. I like it, dude. Thank you. Good morning. You We've got about well. two more weeks uh, left on it before we go back to normal. So are you going to go back to normal when uh, baseball season starts, or what are you going to do? As soon as it gets warm enough outside and uh, it gets annoying, it goes off. That's, that's the rule. <laughs> what's, what's your definition of baseball season? Because spring training has started. Well, it's we got baseball going on, man. I know, I know I'm getting scores on my phone, and that's, <laughs> that's very important to me that I get the scores. I, you know, I, I am a Predators fan. Ch- changing gears real quick. We'll get back to baseball. So I'm a Predators fan. <laughs> 80 games of the year. Okay, They play 82 games. I, I am a Except. Capitals fan first. Oh, right? so, so Preds for, this weekend. So fortunately, weekend. they were you know opposite conferences, so I get to cheer for them. 80 games. I mean, they're not in conference. It doesn't no, matter. No. And I mean, it's not even a situation where I don't care, you know, whatever. I'll play, cheer for them. But I, someone gave me tickets to the Preds game last, last weekend. weekend. Oh, cool. And and I I was cheering. I, there was, I was in a season ticket country, and I had a few people giving me the shade eye, man. They were pretty mm-hmm. upset with me cheering for the Preds. <laughs> yeah. I said, look, I cheer I cheer for the Predators 80 games a year. Give me two games off. It's no big deal. No, they were not happy. They gave me shade. <laughs> but fortunately, the, the Preds won, so I yeah. made it out of there alive. So well, don't worry, David. The Orioles aren't going to make it again this year, so it's okay. <laughs> Bite your tongue. Bite your tongue. <laughs> now, well, now that they got the uh, – the fast play on the, uh, the 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 speed up rule on the walk, intentional walk terrible. Now what is that? I haven't heard that yet. They they got to throw one pitch right, or they got to give a sign and they just intentionally pass. The I guy think it's just pitch. a signal. Yeah, I think it's we want to walk this guy and he gets walked. Yeah, yeah. Instead of doing the four pitches. That's right. And that's effective this year. Yeah, effective that's right. this year. Yeah, yeah. I think I, it's fine. Some of the other rule changes they talked about, I didn't like any of them, but I, I, I don't care. Ben, ben has a different opinion, though. He, he's really upset about it. Well, I'm a traditionalist, so I, I love baseball in its most traditional form, and yeah. it's supposed to speed up the game. I mean, Baseball's no, always that's been not baseball. Exactly. Yeah. So if you think it's boring, you know, it's not going to get any more exciting. It's not going to change it, yeah. That's right. That's You're right. missing the point of the game right now. And besides, it's the little things. Baseball's all about the little things, mm-hmm. and the fact that a guy can be successful – by missing a pitch two-thirds of the time. I mean, you realize that? Yeah. That the best hitters uh-huh. miss the pitch two-thirds of the time. That's what's uh, that's the beauty behind the sport. I, I agree with you. I, I The only thing that I think they – and I don't think they ended up doing it uh, to speed the game along just a little bit is when they change pitchers, 
reduce the number of pitcher, pitches the pitcher can throw. He's got a bullpen, get warm up in the bullpen, then come out and, and start start the game after two or three throws. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's two or three throws, but I know they have a countdown clock that they used last yeah. year on certain things like that and, and how many visits you get to the mound and things. So I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. I just don't don't start messing with the fundamentals of the game. And those four pitches could be really important. It sounds like, man, they're getting as highly regulated as our industry is, man. Well, it could be. That's true. We've got be. so many rules and regulations and countdown clock. Yeah. I mean, why don't we have a countdown clock? I mean, we t- well, actually, we do have a countdown clock, the CD, the three-day countdown. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. But are, are you opposed to the DH? You want to see those pitchers go up there and swell? With well, since I'm a National League away. guy, yeah, of course I am. Mm-hmm. You just want to see those pitchers go up and flail away. It's part of the game. Uh, part of the Throw beauty. the bat out of the, in the, in the, to the infield because they can't even make contact with it and just – you know, call it a day. I don't endeavor to have baseball ever uh, have the same scores as NFL or NCAA football scores. That's uh, weird. <laughs> Two to one. You know, being a hockey guy, you should identify with that. Yeah. You know? No, no, no. Come on, hockey's a little better than soccer. Soccer's <laughs> soccer is the only sport. This is true, where a goalie can be involved in a fix in a game. And lose and have to hide from the Russians because he couldn't fix a one nothing game because there was only one shot on goal and he was dumb enough to stop it. See, I don't even know what he's talking about. In Europe, it was about uh. three years ago in Europe. No, you didn't hear about this, this goalie Jimmy, you know disappeared. What about? Nope. <laughs> Jimmy's like, yeah, nope. Man, thank God for Google. <laughs> Google it up, you'll find. It was a goalie that disappeared. And the reason he disappeared was he was paid by the Russians to throw a game and he couldn't throw a one nothing soccer game. Because he only got it one shot on goal. <laughs> oh my God! That's a boring sport. I don't know, man. The, <laughs> when when what was it? The World Cup. Yeah. World Cup was going on. I got hooked into some of those games, man. Mm-hmm. It was it was intense. I played soccer in high school. I still can't stand it. I understand the game. People, say, oh, you don't understand the game. I understand the game. I played. Uh, it in I'm high not running up and down the field it. like they do. It's just like I knew there was some reason I loved you, David. <laughs> well, do I look European to you? <laughs> Yes, <laughs> oh, especially probably, with that sweater. That's probably true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to bail David out and move on to some real estate. There you go. Because <laughs> it's right. going south for you, brother. Lumber so. prices are still uh, high. Yeah, what's anything new on the tariff? Yeah, everybody finally knows about it, and, and uh, the U.S. wants it to be uh, 28%, and the Canadians want it to be 8%, and they're duking it out, and it's, you know— it's going to be bad. It's going to be really bad because it's going to it, lumber has gone up 25% in the last 2 months in anticipation of this tariff that's going to go retroactive to February 1st. It's going to happen and it's not just going to impact the lumber, it's going to impact so many other, you know, trim work and wood cuz people think, well, it only affects the lumber coming in from Canada. No, if I am a guy making oak here in in the US mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I have a better comparable against the lumber coming out of Canada. I'm going to raise my price and make more money. Why shouldn't I? And why wouldn't you? Yeah. And so it's be it's, foolish not to. It's going to be across the board. It's going to have a big impact. And we might go back to doing some more vinyl in kitchens again because people can't afford to do the hardwood anymore and stuff like that. We'll come back. I want to touch on exactly how much you were giving estimations last week as far as, hey, it's this amount, that amount you can expect so we can tie that into uh, – into the previous show that we discussed the, the wood stuff and then keep us abreast as things develop. You got it? It'll get better. Hey, we got to jump out to a break real quick, but when we come back, we're going to pick up the wood discussion and we're going to get into a lot of good, fun legal discussions with 
um, Mr. Ben and things that you need to be prepared for. So you've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to News Radio 1510 WLAC. You are listening to the Money Man Mike Show, where we have been talking a little bit of uh, sports, wood, lumber packages, and going to get into some legal business here in a minute. But uh, I want to finish up with what we were talking about before yeah. on the break, where the wood prices are going up because the tariffs from uh, Canada are going up. And approximately how much can we estimate that that's going to increase, you know, let's say an average home of say two fifty to three hundred thousand dollars. What what's that gonna add to that purchase price? And then what are we gonna see at like the Home Depots and Lowe's and the lumber yards? Oh the lumber and the lumber yards you're gonna see go up twenty to twenty five percent. So wow. if if you're planning on building a deck and you haven't bought your lumber yet, you better buy it tomorrow. Um but as far as uh, the houses it's gonna be three percent. Three percent across yeah. the board. And so if if my new house goes from three hundred to three oh nine Right, the new mm-hmm. the the used house. I mean, if my new house, I said used at night. My new house goes from three hundred to three hundred nine. You know, the used house is going to go up too. So every house is going to go up. Yeah, I can see that because of comps across yeah. the board and every, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just it, it it's if if my new house gets more expensive, the used house becomes used yeah. house becomes more attractive. Right, exactly. If supply was high, then maybe the sellers would have to eat it. Maybe the builders would have to eat it. But right supply now. is not high, and demand is high, and supply is low. Exactly. So builders will not be eating this increase. Consumers and is it will. is it all kinds of wood, David, or is it just a certain the hardwoods or the specialty woods that you would use the, in the, the interior? It's the hardwood coming from Canada that is going to get tariffed, but it will impact every wood because, you know, we're seeing it in OSB already. We're seeing it in, in floor decking. Because you know the the value of the wood just went up. So I mean, anything that is wood related, from your finished hardwood floors to cabinets, anything, everything and anything, cardboard's going up. So all everything mm-hmm. that comes in a cardboard box is getting more expensive. How much of our wood comes from Canada? Um, most of the framing lumber comes from Canada. The flaming. Framing. Framing. Oh, I thought you said flaming. I'm like, what? What is flaming? Yeah, the flaming wood coming. This is early in the morning, but I was like, dude. I'm not sure if that means the wood's on fire or the wood special. I don't know. I was like, uh, (laughs) let me hear that one again. (laughs) David, as an alternative to wood, have you ever heard of 3D printing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever seen the 3D printing with concrete? 3D printing with concrete? No, yes. I've never seen that. Yes, there's actually, you know, because the 3D printing, they can make, you know, like toys and that kind of stuff out of yeah. plastic. Well, I saw a video, I won't say it was on Facebook, and they actually made like this small castle out of concrete. Wow. And it just, you know, basically did the contours of the of the base, and it just kept going around and around, and it's like all this ornate stuff, and I'm like, wow, when are wow. we going to start building houses like that? Wow. Well, there are concrete houses in, out there. Um, they're... they're Difficult. I mean, you know, because they're they transfers a lot of heat and a lot of moisture. But you mm-hmm. got so you got to waterproof the heck out of it. But I've never seen that. That is really cool. We did some three D printing for our cabinet displays when I built the custom island. But I've never seen. I didn't even know you could do three D printing. I was am, I was amazed just watching it. That's really cool. Yeah, I have to find that and shoot it to you. I think it's cool how they take and just they 
cut things. I mean, the lasers will just cut precision cuts yeah. in the metal and how they frame all that stuff out these days. It's just like, yeah. I don't know, it's just incredible to me. Yeah, there's there's some talk that some of the commercial and apartment buildings that have been done with wood over the last few years will probably go back to steel framing. I was just about hmm. to ask, what's the cost difference to go to use those steel studs and stuff like that? Steel framing is a little more expensive and it requires a whole different skill set. So you, it's very rarely will you find someone who can frame in lumber who can also frame in steel. So you have to have a whole different bunch of careers. Is it hard to convert them? Yes. Or train them? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. It takes a lot of extra training. So the solution isn't a quick, easy fix for this tariff that's coming. I mean, it's just basically going to have to eat it, take it head on. and Consumers will pay it. it and, yeah. Wow. You heard it first. Go do your projects. Get your wood. Yeah, it may be too late. It may, it may it may already be too late to get the lumber the pre price. Dude, yeah. Home Depot and Lowe's are traditionally very slow on reacting to lumber prices, but it's it may be already too late. I didn't check this morning to see if their lumber prices had gone up yet. They they hadn't Wednesday, but they probably will soon. Wow. Well, let's get into some legal topics and you know, <laughs> when most time you talk about legal or having attorneys or law firms involved, you're kind of like, all right, whatever. I don't want to hear this, but Ben brings a totally different um, perspective of things. Has doesn't have the mind, not the mindset, but doesn't have the. I don't know. I don't want to say boring or the, the, the <laughs> perception sh- that you have with attorneys. Sometimes I just want to hear you keep dressing me up. That'd be, uh, <clears throat> just go on, dude. It's easy to talk to you, and you have a oh, ben, good way the, of explaining the, things. The easiest way to, to describe Ben is very simple, because Ben is my lawyer. He is the meanest dog in the yard. <laughs> That's the bottom line. <laughs> he is just the meanest dog in the yard, and I. But he's a gentle now. dog. I I have watched him. You are from Maryland. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I have watched him uh, work with a couple other attorneys in whatever situations, and and it's it's like I don't know. It's really like watching the poor dumb kitty cat sit there, and <laughs> and before they know it, the two by four is smacking him in the back of the head, and and they're just they're they're dazed, and they don't know what happened. It is kind of fun to watch. I have no idea what he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, refresh all of our uh, listeners um, who may have uh, missed you from the first time you've been on the show, but what exactly do you guys cover at your firm? And then let's get into some of the cases that you guys have been going through recently. Sure. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Um, We're a general litigation firm. We do primarily civil uh, defense and plaintiff's work. Um, We also do some criminal. It's a small firm in Brentwood. I've got uh, one of their... Uh, lawyer in our office, Joshua Arters, uh, who helps me, and uh, we've been. Uh, we, I was at a uh, larger firm in in Nashville for a number of years, and then decided to start my own thing. So, uh, cool. We handle just about uh, any type of legal dispute that's going to end up in the court system, and some that don't, but primarily litigation. What What's the pros and cons of a small firm versus a large firm? Because you hear them touted both ways. You've been obviously in both, so. What do you What do you prefer? I prefer me, of course. Well, obviously, uh, uh, small firms I, I think give you more attention to your particular case or your controversy. Um, obviously, we can't take the kind of volume that you would in a larger firm, but we steer away from you know the, the thoroughly complex pieces of litigation. The you know the uh, what are called multi district lit- litigation, uh, uh, class action, those types of things. But pretty much. Uh, most of the standard garden variety commercial uh, professional disputes we can handle without any 
uh, drop off in terms of support. Uh, and the technology today, I mean, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing without the technology, all the automation right. uh, that goes into you know, managing your office. So we can handle just about any matter, uh, again, primarily focused on litigation. And what have you been seeing lately that, you know, impacts our business as far as David's with building and real estate and just anything consumer related? What what do you guys see in the trends or what's new that we need to be aware of as consumers and be, you know, conscious of? Well, what I wanted to, one of the things I wanted to talk with you guys about this morning was, <clears throat> it seems to me, and I've been doing this for a number of years, this will be my, I guess, my 16th year in private practice. Very good. And over the last five to 10 years, we have seen the courts, in our view anyway, become much more um, business friendly. Okay. Um, and I think that's a changeover. There are several key cases uh, that have come out recently that that indicate that the courts are, and obviously they're not they're not going to err on one side or the other in a, in a blatant fashion. It's just that it, the, the trend that we see in cases seems to be more business conscientious, uh, as is a lot of the politics and the government in Tennessee, and has been the last five to ten years. Yeah. Uh, for example, we had a case uh, we represent uh, represent a um, uh, indoor trampoline park uh, in town. And um, it's a case where a parent signs a waiver for the parent and for the child. Right. Uh, we challenged uh, some old law, 1980s, an old case came down that said we don't recognize waivers for minors. Um, and in a recent appellate opinion, the court affirmed that. But the court also said that that same minor in almost all circumstances can't claim medical expenses, which is a new uh, development in the law and something I think is probably business friendly. Well, we got we got to bump out, but yeah, I, 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 we're gonna have to go back. I was just about to say you just said a lot that <laughs> there's no way I can <laughs> cover cover this with the, Jimmy saying, "Hey, we got to go out to a commercial real quick." Sure. But when we come back, we're gonna get into that, break it down a little bit more, and go from there. You've been sure. listening to the Money Man and Mike Show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We're out. Hey, welcome back to News Radio 1510 WLAC. You are listening to the Money Man Mike Show, where we are talking all things real estate this morning, along with legal, I wouldn't say advice, but uh, some legal terminology and things that you need to know and kind of be a little bit more aware of as a consumer, because if you're listening to our last segment or if you just joined us, um, you know, it was kind of the last 30 seconds of what Ben said was just maybe kind of go... Do what? Because it's <laughs> he's describing a waiver that we all have signed at some point when we go to some facility or we rent a jumpy house or, you know, we go to, um, heck, some amusement parks or whatever, you're signing a waiver. Sure. How about whitewater rafting? Whitewater rafting. Absolutely. That's another zip, one. Zip lines, zip line, bouncy yeah. houses, trampoline parks. Excursions yeah. on mm-hmm. cruise ships, mm-hmm. all that stuff you sign a waiver for, but yet the state of Tennessee does not – recognize them for a minor? Is for that minors. basically? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. I think a lot of people are under the misconception that, hey, if I sign this waiver for myself and my child, it's going to be binding on both of us. And that hasn't been the law in Tennessee since the late 1980s, uh, actually. Don't tell anybody, <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> for some of my clients. But um, the reality is that uh, the courts have looked upon those with, with disfavor since the early 1980s. But on the other hand, there haven't been any cases, really, since the 1980s. Right. There have been a couple, but none that have uh, touched on the specific issue. 
Uh, so that's what we did in our case. We brought that uh, issue up, and the court said, no, that's, that's probably right. Um, but on this other issue of medical expenses, which is essentially the, the value of your claim, if you can't have medical expenses as part of your claim, then you don't have a very valuable claim in our view. Uh, and the court said, if your parent, most of the time, if your parent signs that waiver for you, your medical expenses will be extinguished because the medical expenses is carried by the parent and not the child. So for whether you're going to one of these amusement places or you bring a jumpy house home, or let's say this might this may be, be a total separate issue, but you have a trampoline out back mm-hmm. that you own as the homeowner. Um, obviously, you're not going to have a waiver signed by you know your kids' friends that are coming over to jump on a trampoline. But let's say you go rent a jumpy house, you bring it home, but yet you had to sign all the waiver forms when you rented a thing. How does that impact somebody if someone gets hurt? That would be the same rationale. If you had a waiver for that parent and for that particular minor that was injured, I think according to the most recent opinion from the Court of Appeals, that's the way it would be treated. So I want to make sure I understand. Before this adjustment, if a parent signed a waiver for themselves and their kids, the uh, the the business may be responsible for medical expenses, but nothing else. No, actually, they would be responsible for everything else, including medical expenses. That's the big change. So before this opinion came out, uh, the, the the waiver would not be effective, and you could you could pursue the the case just like any other lawsuit. Got it. Uh, what's happened here is the medical expenses component of that at least in the opinion of the court, uh, which is subject to review, uh, is now extinguished in most cases. So the parents are now taking the responsibility of their child's medical expenses. That's right. And so they presumably would have health insurance to cover that, but any other damages they may be entitled to. Right. Yeah, these these are cases where and, and you wouldn't have medical expenses that, that would be uh, invoked the way we're talking about it, but you didn't have health insurance. So, yeah, the child would be taken care of in terms of care and the carrier covering it. This is only about you being able to then recover those expenses as part of a lawsuit. Got it. So then again, if you have a trampoline at home, you have a pool at home, you have a jumpy house you rent at home for something like that that has a, definitely has a waiver involved and somebody gets hurt on your policy or gets hurt on your premises, then where if you had signed a waiver, it's null and void. And basically, if a kid got hurt, that parent could sue the parent that had hosted the party. That's a potential. But now, whereas before, there would be no change in that type of a claim. Now, the medical expense claim is probably in question, if not extinguished. So essentially what it does is, even though the court said minor liability waivers are not going to be recognized, on the one hand, it also says we're not going to recognize a big part of the value of those claims on the other um, and we think it's part of uh, the court system beginning to recognize, I don't know if you guys use waivers in your business as a regular course, but that's becoming you know, much more frequently used. In California, for example, where, where a lot of this law originally came from, people use waivers for everything because everything's so over-regulated and over-litigated. It's a lot easier just to sign a contract that says, look, this is, states the terms of our relationship and I'm going to engage in this activity, but in exchange for doing that, I'm not going to you know, sue you in a lawsuit. So, so a little, little curveball for you. Uh oh. Given the administration change with the White House and so forth, and all of this uh, striking down of regulations, 
What's your opinion on that as an attorney? I have no opinion on any of that. <laughs> no opinion on any of that? <laughs> that is a say, great attorney answer. Uh, except <laughs> I can like, say that, 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 that for, for my business clients, obviously, a, a deregulated environment is, is, is good for them. I think what we're talking about is a, a relationship that's independent of all of that. There, there's a recognition that the, the public wants to engage in certain types of activity mm-hmm. and it wants to do that on their own terms as opposed to having the government tell them when they can do something, when they can't do something. We understand the way the, the law was written in, or, or was interpreted in the 1980s. Government says you can't, you can't engage in these activities if, uh, if you want to also um, uh, bring a lawsuit. Right. Um, and people want want to engage in lots of different types of things and do it at their own risk. So that's the point about that. What other kind of interesting cases are you guys seeing? Well, that's a, you know there are a number of cases that are running around out there that um, that follow the same theme of uh, protecting or being more conscientious of business interests. There's a damages case that's also out that's in front of the Tennessee Supreme Court that will be coming down shortly, hopefully. And without getting too technical, in Tennessee, when you have a medical expense claim for a personal injury action, yeah. the jury gets to see your actual amount of medical expenses, not the amount that the insurance company paid. And as everyone knows, that's a significantly decreased amount. Um, There's a case that's come out from the Court of Appeals that arguably says, well, now, although we're not going to waive what's called the collateral source rule, um, you may have the opportunity to present the jury with some of that information related to what the insurance company paid. And obviously, it's going to have an effect on an overall award. Um, there's there's going to be some determination from the Tennessee Supreme Court on that, and I think most commentators suggest that there will be some ability for defense counsel to show a jury uh, what the actual amount is paid and probably have a big effect on on damages. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, that's good for, for you guys. Yeah. Not so good for the general public, and that's, you know, that's part of uh, well, what I, I wanted. I don't mean to interrupt yeah, you, but that ahead. goes back to if you're in a car accident. And you have medical damages, but mm-hmm. you have insurance, and so your actual expenses is a thousand dollars, but your medical expenses before the insurance negotiated rates and all that stuff was a hundred and twenty thousand yeah. dollars. In the past, you were entitled to the hundred twenty thousand dollars, and then the, they didn't take into account how much money you may have been paid by your insurance company, or that your insurance company negotiated a lower fee for those right. services. Right. And so now you might only get the thousand dollars. That's right. Or at least, at least in terms of your damage component, that that's what the jury could consider what your actual medical expenses were. What your actual it's, it's worked like that for medical malpractice for a long time, but that's a special category that uh, the legislature has always, you know, treated differently than the general public. Yeah. And, the, and the argument, on the other hand, is well, look, I'm not getting the full value of my claim if you're going to discount it that way. And there's all kinds of complications with how that works with ten care and other types of scenarios like that. So, but it's you know, and, and just to mention releases, there's another case that recently came out from the YMCA where someone signs a release and says, it, arguably saying, if I use your your equipment at your Y, and I get hurt, and I'm agreeing I'm not going to sue you. Well, this person went out on the sidewalk, slipped on the sidewalk, and fell and injured themselves, and the courts come back and say, oh, no, you said in the release that you would not sue for use of any YMCA facilities. I'm getting the language wrong, but facilities, and that includes the sidewalk. 
you signed that. So my point is just be careful about what you're doing on the front end, because I think from what we're seeing, things are getting, you know, different uh, in the uh, in the way the courts treat these types of claims. Hey, we got to jump out to another break real quick. But when we come back, we're going to ask Ben about, you know, in this lawsuit happy environment, it seems that we live in, you know, when's when's a good time to follow suit and when shouldn't you follow suit? So been listening to the Money Man and Mike show here on News Radio 1510 WLAC. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to News Radio 1510 WLAC. You are listening to the Money Man Mike show. We talk all things real estate, and this morning we are talking some legal advice at the same time. I don't know if you need legal advice, legal topics, because you're not really giving advice. Absolutely here. not. Yeah. We're just talking. Talking legal stuff. That's right. Legal stuff that sometimes it may glaze your eyes over, but at the same time, man, you need to know some of this stuff. Now, many of you guys probably remember the crazy, well, crazy. Before, before you do that, I just want to make sure, because relative to a homeowner. Okay. Okay. So you're a homeowner, and you're going to have a party over at your house. All right. Okay. And you're going to rent a bouncy house or you're going to have a pony, right? And you think to yourself, I know one way that I'll protect myself. I'm going to have everybody who comes to this party, I'm going to have all the parents sign a waiver for themselves and for the kids. If they get in the bouncy house or they ride the pony that and they get hurt, I'm in the clear. And what I'm hearing you say pretty clearly is for the kids, that waiver. It's worthless. Doesn't mean anything. I'm not sure what kind of party you'd have if you made everybody do that. I, I think it would be a pretty small, <laughs> a very boring pretty, one, <laughs> pretty uh, hey, lightly attended affair. But but if I was, I tell you who, I, if I was the person providing the business, providing the bouncy house, or if I was providing uh, the, the what was it pony pony? Is that what you said? Yeah, what kind um, of pony ride. Yeah, I, I would <laughs> only at David's. House. Yes. Um, I, I, you know, I would be concerned about that and I might get a list of parents and who we, you know, uh, expect as a minor that are going to come and, and I might have them sign something like that. Sure. And if you do that, just, just so we're clear, if, if we do that, know that waiver is probably, and remember this case is still in in the appeal stages, so it, it may be taken up by the Tennessee Supreme Court later and it may change everything. We don't know, but at least as the law stands now, that waiver may not be applicable, but the the value of the claim is certainly in play. And so if you, God forbid, if you had something on a bouncy house where a child was injured seriously, you'd have to question how valuable is that claim in terms of what we were talking about before the break, you know, bringing a lawsuit, or not bringing a lawsuit. Well, you can bring a lawsuit and maybe there's, you know, maybe there's terrible negligence there. Um, but the question at the end of the day is, if are there damages that you can pursue that would make it worthwhile. And uh, the, the law seems to say that, that there's been a change in that regard. And I, I like the way you are putting that because, God forbid, an accident ever occurs for any of us with our children or anything like that on an event like, you know, a birthday party or whatever. But if something did happen and the parent of the injured child sought out legal advice – the way you said it is you 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 would look at what potential damages are there and basically go exploit them and 
potentially I wouldn't policy. say go exploit them. I'd say take advantage of them. Take advantage of them, okay. Yeah, that sounds, that's a much more lawyerly way right. of saying what that's you're saying. That's why I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but, I mean, that's, I mean, we don't think about some of those things, the ramifications. So, so, right. so when these damages cases get out of hand, <laughs> like hot coffee in Washington State. Washington State, is that where that happened? You're talking about the McDonald's case. I don't yes. remember where that where that was uh, where that was uh, centered. But but what, I want to say yeah, Seattle, someplace in Washington. I State. I think it was Washington State, yeah. but I could be wrong. I may what, say Seattle because it's coffee, so yeah. I just make the connection. Maybe. What, what's the, what's the deal there? What's the deal there? Yeah, yeah. How do you sue you? for something that's common sense? Well, I think the <clears throat> I don't I wasn't in the case, and I I don't remember it precisely. But I think the the general theory was that coffee shouldn't be that hot. Uh, it's coffee. It gets it, brewed. You know, but should I, it be hot enough to disfigure someone uh, was the was the allegation in that case, as I recall. My, my understanding is, the reason I seem to remember it was in Washington State, was that the judge that heard the case had, in the previous two years, had heard two other cases about McDonald's having their coffee too hot. So and the first time, he, he kind of let, you know, you know, all right, thousand bucks. Clean the lady up and move on. And the second time, he's like, "Okay, you guys aren't listening, so I'm going with like ten thousand dollars." Well, and then, and, and then the last time was like, "You know what, guys? You're just not going to listen until I really make it painful. So I'm going to make it painful right now." Now that makes sense, though. If you're Is not, that not listening, correct, I don't know anything. I haven't heard that. No, I didn't hear that. I, I do know that the case was appealed, and the damages. You know, it got a lot of press when when the case came out of the trial court level, and then when it got appealed, the damages were reduced significantly. Uh, so I, I do know that. So yeah. maybe there was some justice there. But and there's a corollary to that. Actually, in Tennessee, there was uh, a few years after that. Uh, there's what I call the the really superheated pickle case. That was also a McDonald's case in Tennessee, where someone bit into a hamburger, and the pickle was so hot it disfigured their lip. I'm not making this up. Do what? Yeah, it disfigured their. That was the allegation that the pickle was so hot and superheated that it disfigured the person's lip. Which is, when you think about it from a legal perspective, and God forbid if you had to do that like me from a legal perspective, it's a product, and it's a product case. And there was a summary judgment motion that was granted, and the Court of Appeals, as I recall, overturned the summary judgment uh, uh, ruling, essentially letting the case go to trial. The superheated pickle. I think I saw this. Wasn't that on the people's court? (laughs) Jimmy. <laughs> Rest in peace, Judge Walker. <laughs> yeah, he just passed, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, a little yeah, tribute yeah. to Judge. Sad, Absolutely. Sad, sad to hear so, that. So how did that case land, do you know? I don't know. I just know that it, 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 what I recall from the opinion, it went to trial, or it would have settled, depending on circumstances. So Sitting you, on whatever McDonald's wanted to do, I guess. But if they see if they had a waiver, none of that would have happened, at least with regard to an adult. And here's another observation. McDonald's probably gets hit with these because they are the big dog. Yeah. Sure. You know, people are like, oh, they got billions of dollars. That's big not going to hurt. They can give me $100 million. They're good. Yeah. Well, that, that's something that me and my partner talk about. You know, we can be as right as we want to. It doesn't stop somebody from suing us. Now, we may prevail, and with Ben, I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Knock on wood. I'm about to no say pressure. side story called I was going to say I usually – I didn't even say I usually do. I do because we do the right thing. But the cost to defend is so annoying. Yeah. Because I, you know you're right. You know you're doing the right thing. Because we're that way. We're business. We're, we're going to do the right thing. Yeah. But, you know, and it doesn't happen often. I, I, it's a handful of situations. But, you know, you, you can't help 
couple hundred people do anything without one of them saying, I'm going to sue you. All right. Right. So if you can summarize and put into a quick um, tip, I guess, or tips, I mean, we've been we've been more on the business side of things this morning, but sure. how can just the average consumer do a better job of protecting themselves from something silly as being sued for coffee being too hot or a hot pickle, as silly as that sounds as well? I mean, just from having people over at their house doing things, you know. Tripping on their sidewalk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I guess there's two, kind of two questions there. One is from a consumer perspective – realize that what's going on with the court system, that your ability to get your lawsuit through the system may be more difficult, may not be, but it seems to be it's more difficult. And what you can do is you can understand on the front end what you're getting into. That means read the documents that um, that are put in front of you. Right. Understand. That's especially true. I meant to mention this earlier, but with regard to arbitration, there used to be a time in the state system when state courts were very reluctant to send consumers to arbitration. Federal courts were much more liberal about that. We're now at a point where a lot of state courts will send you to arbitration. So your ability to say, well, look, I didn't see that was in the contract or I didn't initial next to that provision in the contract, and so don't send me to arbitration. Let me pursue my lawsuit. That's a lot um, more conservative now, in my opinion, than what it used to be. And what you can do on the other side, if you're you're a a residence owner or a business owner, a small business, what I've said is draft your documents if it's a release, if it's a contract, draft those as simple as possible, as straightforward as possible, but try to cover all the different situations and scenarios that can that can arise. And then when something happens, and I think this is really important that sometimes businesses don't do, David does it all the time, but um, you know, consider what's happened, go investigate it. You may uh, find that you did something wrong. I'm not saying go and necessarily admit liability on that, but you can say something to the effect of, you know, this did not turn out the way that we would have would have uh, preferred or intended, and here's how we're going to make it up to you. But that investigation part, I mean, if you just, you know, ignore it, ignoring things in the law usually doesn't turn out good for anybody. <laughs> yeah. And if you ignore it, it just gets worse and worse. So go investigate it, and then, you know, if, if it – if it comes to a lawsuit, then you need to hire appropriate counsel to defend yourself and your interests in that in that particular suit. So for any of our listeners that are either uh, uh, investors, landlords, or looking, you know, say we got a, somebody that's going to sell their house or instead of selling, they're going to turn it to a rental property, mm-hmm. they can come to you and help get advice to draft up those contracts absolutely. and get everything squared away so and they're covered. Absolutely. And they should think about um, waivers as well. You know, if you own real estate as an investment purpose and you're renting it out mm-hmm. uh, to commercial or uh, to uh, uh, residential tenants, think about a waiver because you can eliminate, at least with regard to, to basic negligence, you can eliminate a lot of frustration with that person saying, look, I, I understand this and I'm, I'm not going to sue you. Uh, and then you, there's other things you can do with requiring insurance and things like that. But waivers are going to become more and more popular in Tennessee as business goes on. Uh, they're very popular, as I said, in California. And it's going to be, I think, the, the new way that business is done as things get more regulated, no, no matter what they say at the, the federal level. <laughs> You've heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, if anybody's listening that needs to get legal advice, and chances are – most of us need to get updated on our legal advice because we unfortunately don't seek out, you know, the attention of a lawyer 
or the advice of a lawyer until it's too late. So go to bmrfirm.com. That's B as in boy, M as in Mary, R as in Richard, firm.com and get in touch with Ben and the crew over there, and they'll take care of you. And if you need any contact information, you go out to the websites at moneymanmike.net or on Facebook at uh, Money Man Mike Radio. And you can get Ben's contact information there as well, as along with David from Capital Homes and Chris Corbeau from Midtown Title and Andra and anybody else that's been on the show. And, of course, Mr. JT behind the glass that makes everything work every morning like he does. Thank you again, sir. You have a good day, Mr. Uh, Jimmy. Thank He's you. He's over in there just jamming as a gone. He's not even ready. He's trying to do a show. <laughs> He's like, get out of here. <laughs> hey, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you.